Hey queens, welcome to Crown Thoughts, the podcast, a safe space for women of all kinds and for women of all walks of life to come together and chat. Crown Thoughts, the podcast is a movement of vibes, which encourages its listeners to dig deep and reflect. So with that being said, let's get into today's topic. Hey Queens, it's your hostess here, Latina, um, back with a new episode on Crown Thoughts, the podcast. Before we start, let's do a check-in. How y'all feeling? How has easing into the new year look like for you? Because uh, when this episode comes out, it will be... Sunday, January 28th, and I'm looking at the calendar because I, of course, am recording this just a few days before it releases, so I just want to make sure I am giving out the accurate date on the calendar. Um, I don't know if anybody else experiences this, but those first couple of weeks of the new year, like, what day is it? And let me get into the habit of writing 2024 out instead of 2023 because somehow um some of that 2023 energy just keeps getting lost in the new year (laughs) like uh, get it together tina we are we're in a whole new year um but yeah how have you guys been doing what has been coming up for you lately i will say for myself it's been a hell of a year and we're only in the third week um There's been equally positive moments as well as some challenging ones. And as time keeps going on, I'm realizing that's just life. You know, there's going to be highs and lows, ups and downs, in-betweens, all that good stuff. Um, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but your girl has been feeling so sick. Like, for the queens that are listening that are moms... How y'all doing? Because I think that every time that one of my children gets sick, it's just like, I might as well just go ahead and sign up to be on the list because sure enough, mommy's going to come out with some kind of ick or cold as well. And um, I'm not trying to blame my babies because, you know, they, they're just little ones, especially my eight-year-old. He's in the age where right? You're in the third grade. Everybody's your friend. You love to hug. We're, we're sharing toys. We're playing with each other. We're touching this and touching that. And then he comes home and he wants to hug me and love on me and share all of his day with me. And of course, with that comes germs and bacteria and all that great stuff. And so, um, I think maybe two Sundays ago, my baby boy came home with like, just a runny nose and was a bit tired and that was two weeks ago here I am still trying to push through I don't know what it is um for any of the the I call it the moms in the group don't don't come sending me remedies and take this and do that I promise you I have been taking and doing a little bit of everything between um you know, the traditional over-the-counter medications that were prescribed, as well as um, diffusing with my essential oils and 
doing face steams so that I can kind of relieve some of the tension that's being built up from my sinuses and drinking the tea and having the vitamin C and your girl has done everything. This is the part of my healing where I also have an autoimmune disorder and my body just takes a little bit more time to kind of replenish and restore. And I have learned to not fight against it, but to fight with it. So um, as long as I'm staying hydrated, I'm able to get some meals in. Um, I'm not experiencing any flares with my Crohn's. I'm in good health. I know that it's not tip top shape, but like this week I've been able to get my workouts in. I did some yoga. So we're back. We're moving the best that we can and I'm just allowing it to be what it is. But we know this is cold and flu season. So I'm encouraging everyone to please wash your hands, practice safe distancing. If you're not feeling well, allow yourself to take a break. It's okay. We're in that season. Bacteria and viruses, they love to thrive in the cold. And I'm from Connecticut. It has been cold, cold the last couple of weeks, y'all. So it was it was bound to happen. Soups, teas, all those good warm things are great for the soul. There we go. <laughs> Outside of physical health, um, mentally, I think I've been doing very well. Um, consider this our, our check-in and I might, no, I will be doing this more regularly where we just sit down, we have some girl talk, we see how everyone's feeling, where you're at, um, but have it more in a way that I can also take off my hat of being the therapist and the leader and the this and the that and just be Tina. Um, it's incredibly important for me that I stay in spaces and environments where I can be my most authentic, vulnerable self. And this is one of them. So as far as my mental health, I think I've been doing very well this month. Um, doesn't mean that I didn't have any trigger points or any challenges, but my ability to hear and to perceive situations is no longer coming from my trauma. Um, I actually posted this on the Crown Thoughts podcast Instagram page. Um, I'm always putting out some some like messages or profound thoughts out there just to get you to think and be able to stir up conversation. But one of them essentially was heal. So you can hear what is being said without the filters of your trauma. Um, and so sometimes I will even catch myself like, what did I just hear? <laughs> and it, it seems kind of sassy or like I have an attitude, but I used to be that person that hyper-focused on one thing that went wrong. And I found myself reacting to something that others couldn't see or couldn't hear. And then I'm ready to fight or I'm in my feelings or I'm emotional. And I realized in that moment, my trigger points were popping up. My trauma was showing, um, it's a form of mental filtering where we have to kind of take a step back and assess before we, re we react to something. There's ways to respond to a situation. So for me this month, um, I think a lot of my mental filtering and my emotional responses to things had been triggered. Um, specifically, I was out 
with family and I ran into someone from my past and it took me back to a place that I didn't realize I was still kind of working through some emotions and some feelings of betrayal specifically. Um, But in that space, I chose to respond differently and ultimately show up for myself differently, meaning I didn't get angry. Um, I didn't have to go up and have a conversation and plead my case. I kind of just kept my crown up high, took it for what it is, had a moment where I can um, connect back with myself and thank God for that experience with that person for whatever it was and to let it go. And that in my book is great growth in this healing space because I realize sometimes you just hold on to stuff much, much longer than it needs to be. And then it's no longer the event, the person or the thing that's hurting you. It's actually just you. It's only you. So, um, yeah, I just, it kind of threw me off. I wasn't expecting it, but I think I handled it pretty well. Um, Also in the month, I had some really great high moments where uh, I got to participate in a community yoga event out in Hartford, Connecticut. Shout out to Lux Studio. Um, That's L-U-X, Lux Studio in Hartford, Connecticut. They are a space that essentially you can host and hold any kind of creative event that you see fit. And so um, I saw this flyer literally just the day before the actual event was going to be happening, quickly grabbed a ticket off of Eventbrite. And as I was walking into the building, one of the girls goes, one of the girls passing me says, do you have a podcast? And I was like, I do. (laughs) And sure enough, I got to meet one of the queens from our tribe that has been listening and following and supporting me for months. And it was, it was such a good feeling because when you move from things that are no longer serving you, because just the day before I felt betrayed and then the next day I felt loved and supported. Uh, yeah, I felt loved and supported. I felt seen and acknowledged in that moment. It wasn't just because, oh my God, you're a content creator and I know you. But it was just, it was something very authentic in our exchange. Um, We were able to sit down and talk right before the event started. And we're finding all these things that we have in common with one another. And um, I'm so glad that I took a risk on myself by saying, you're going to go to a new event. It's okay if you go by yourself. Um, Don't go with any expectations. Don't go there with any expectations. Just go to simply experience. And that's exactly what I did. So a big shout out to Jasmine. Um, I hope that you get a chance to listen to this episode. It was such a pleasure to meet you. Um, I found out that she's also a licensed clinical social worker too, working out in Connecticut and just, you know, doing the work, being out there in the community. Um, doing the advocacy for a population of people that absolutely need it, being that she's in the judicial system, which I love to hear. I also am a social worker and our degree goes far. You know, back in the 90s, the only thing I thought of when I heard social worker was they going to take your kids. 
<laughs> and come to find out, we don't. We do a lot more than just, you know, break up homes. We actually do the, the quite opposite where our, our goal and some of our values in the social work in the social work board is to repair and replenish and restore the community. And so again, it was such a pleasure to meet Jasmine. Um, I am looking forward to getting a chance to collaborate with her again and just build that community. Building that community is so important. And so um, yeah, I I've been able to reflect on different events throughout the days, my days throughout the month and kind of see like, well, why does this, why does this matter? Why did this happen? Um, rather than just honing on, on what happened to me or who did what to me or why it didn't go this way. Um, again, I'm appreciative of both things that happen. Um, (laughs) but before I digress out of that, I do want to just go back to the community event again. I was able to do a or experience um, Pretty Girls Love Ama Piano. And I hope I'm saying this correctly. Ama Piano is a form of uh, music. It takes traditional African roots and mixes it with um, beats and sounds and DJing and lo-fi and hi-fi. It is, it's, it's pretty dope. Um, but they hosted it their second yoga and wellness event. There was wine for us to partake in. It was a man-led yoga practice, which I love. I love that there was both men and women in the room that were just there to heal. And it is so important in your healing to have community. As a therapist, hear me out. (laughs) Deep healing and connection can be found outside of the therapy room. Honestly, at some point, it is going to happen and it has to happen. It will occur outside of the therapy room because we got to be able to take the skills that we learn and apply it to real life shit. So if you're looking for community, you're not sure where that is for you. I say try something outside of your comfort level. You'd be very surprised as to who you find or um, who you connect with because everyone deserves to thrive. And thriving is more likely to happen when you are being loved, helped, and supported, when there's reciprocity. We know what that is. Lauren Hill talked about it in her song. Come on. <laughs> you know, um, shared experiences helps us to decrease this feeling that I'm by myself. It helps to decrease sometimes when we minimize our own experience and say, girl, you, you're doing too much. No, you're not doing too much. In fact, you need more. And so having that community that's going to lift you up, let you know when you're right, love you for when you're wrong and celebrate with you and cry with you. Yes, those things matter. I'm so glad I went. I'm so glad I got to meet some pretty dope queens. And um, your girl felt good too. My body felt good. Um, This was prior to me getting sick. So I don't know. I don't know, y'all. That actually might be a good point to kind of segue into what we're talking today about um, this concept of the nice girl syndrome. It's not an actual disorder. It's not classified in the DSM-5. 
Um, I don't know any therapist that will diagnose you with that, but we as women tend to fall into the trap or tend to tend to fall into the patterns of the nice girl syndrome. Um, this topic actually comes in today from a listener who left me a message, um, just saying like, she believes that she's struggling with being the nice girl and she's having a really hard time breaking out of these patterns and, um, not too sure how she should be able to change. Um, and I first want to start by saying being nice is not a problem. There's nothing wrong with being nice, especially in a world where being a baddie or being bad or acting bad is such, it's a thing. Like it's encouraged because bad has somehow been equated to also equal power, meaning like you're in control. You hold all the the power over something or someone. You're a winner by acting bad. And those who act nice finish last or they get the last pick of something. But I don't believe that's true. I think being nice is not a problem, but being too nice is problematic. Being nice, I think, is a wonderful quality. (laughs) I love to walk by people and smile. Don't have to. I'm not doing it to receive or gain anything, but I also know how good it feels to be out in public and you have that random stranger that gives you a gentle smile. It's it's a good feeling. So if, if that's the little dose of goodness that I can give out every day, then cool. That's fine. Because the opposite of that is no one wants to be known as the selfish girl with the bad attitude. I don't, at least I don't think so. I mean, the roles of what a woman should or shouldn't do, it's ever changing. And it's so based on a societal um, opinion that it, it leaves a lot of us women trying to figure out where do we fit in. When in reality, we should all be striving to be nice, to be kind, to be warm, to be pleasant, caring, and so on. Maybe especially for us as women, embracing those traits and enhancing those traits, it does increase our sense of femininity and allows us to be in space of softness because it's, I thought that was what everybody wanted or was being soft just a trend because you know, you everything is such a trend now, it's really kind of hard to kind of catch up sometimes. But those are qualities that I want to have on my belt, whether it's trending or not. Because when you're a nice person, it makes it easier to bond with others. When you're a nice person, you're able to build a great reputation. And then when you're a nice person, it won't feel like that people have to go out of their way for you. They genuinely do it because they support you, because they love you, because they care and they see you for who you are. So me going out and being in an environment with other nice people where they shared things and we were thoughtful of one another and we we were just thriving. It was a great space because I know what it feels like to be in other areas and other rooms where it feels catty, where it feels like a competition, where it feels like now I've got to make sure that I'm the baddest one standing out. Sometimes at the clubs when we used to go out, 
you put in all that work to feel pretty and to go out and to look good. And then you get there and you are snarling at the next woman next to you because you can't be nice. I don't know. Again, there is still another form of niceness out there that is just completely self-destructive and it's rooted in low standards and low self-esteem. And that may sound harsh or offensive, but that's okay because that is the exact type of behavior that we are trying to eradicate and uproot in 2024. And we're going to talk about it today. So grab your notebooks. (laughs) Let's go. I was doing my research, you know how I am. I love to come through with some facts and some some resources so that not only am I just talking about my own experiences, but I'm I'm bringing realness to the conversation that we're having so that when you take on these things and 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 create them for your life, you know that you're coming in with some real life tools. Um I've always heard of like being a good girl or this whole concept of ha- of being a good girl. And I didn't realize that nice girl, a good or good girl syndrome is like a real term. It's, it's actually been coined. There's a book on it, <laughs> which I love. I probably at some point will order the book and add it to my library of other things that I'm, I need to read anyway. Listen, sometimes my list of books that I want to read are a lot longer than the ones that I actually have read. And that is okay. (laughs) But this term, good girl, nice girl syndrome was coined by author and therapist Beverly Engel. Um, She has this guy that is supposed to help women recognize and leave emotionally abusive relationships by showing you how to take control of your life and to take care of yourself. And so Beverly Angle, thank you, thank you, thank you for your work. You are muchly appreciated over here in my queendom. Um, But Beverly says that the good girl syndrome is a manifestation of traits that are valued and praised in girls. It has a lot to do with how our caregivers, so these could be not only just our parents, but it's any form of adult or adult authority like outside of the family. So that could be teachers, coaches, um, religious leaders, whomever was set in place to take care of you. It's how those caregivers interacted with us as girls and how our interactions with them shape and mold the behavior that we now show and present as women. So when you think about the term, quote unquote, good girl in itself, it creates this image of a girl. For me, I see this image of a girl who's quiet. She's complacent or compliant, um, pretty. Uh, She likes to take care of others. She probably does not swear, right? She doesn't dress a certain way and she certainly does not cause trouble. Again, these are great qualities to have. Um, no one wants to be known as a selfish girl with a bad attitude. And there are probably a lot of, um, characteristics that we can strive for as women that helps us to embrace and enhance our femininity, like being warm, pleasant, kind, and caring. So there is some truth to this idea of the good girl syndrome. 
However, I also realize that that has a, or it can have a negative influence on how we see ourselves, how we um, take control and own our self-identity. And it strips us away from being our most authentic self if we're always trying to do what is right in order to be accepted. Um, in Beverly Ingalls book, she speaks of six different types of what a nice girl looks like and how she behaves. But today I'm only going to talk about two. And those two for us is codependency and people pleasing. And I see these two as sisters because they share the same parents or they come from the same childhood experiences as discussed, like they're, they're shaped from our caregivers. Um, but codependency and, and the people pleaser they want the same things and it is to be loved, to be seen, to be validated. I, um, I think I've, I've discussed this before, but I'm a mentor and I'm a part of a mentoring program called YL Trapped. Um, it is essentially a organ, a nonprofit organization that works to help young girls in the community grow to be them best, their their best self. Excuse me, I'm stumbling over my words. And so as fun as fun as it is to be a mentor, it comes with a lot of responsibility. And good girl syndrome falls right into that. I'm gonna share a story um with you guys. Uh, it's just some of the work that I do with the girls. <laughs> um just Probably last week or the week before um, I met with them and it's the beginning of the year. So they love to do this one specific workshop where we plant seeds. Um, so we're we're sitting crisscross on the floor in a circle and I'm handing out, you know, the 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 materials that you need to plant your sunflowers. So there's soil, there's pots, you know, everyone has their own packet of seeds and we're just sitting down, we're talking about boundaries, they're sharing all their experiences. And these are middle school, high school girls. So you know, being at that age, a lot is happening to us around us. Um, we're making really hard decisions when it comes to our friendships. Uh, maybe our relationship with our parents, specifically our mothers are changing because our needs are changing. We're growing. There's some hormone and puberty action that is going on. So for me to be able to sit down with them at this age is so precious. And sometimes even I take it for granted because I can I can come in and I'm I'm always assuming that the girls may not be in the best of mood. They don't want to talk. They're they're being catty or they're giving quote unquote attitude. It happens. That's a part of life. But I'm realizing that there's trust that's being built in the room because one, they're sitting on the floor. You know, um, these girls don't have to do that. And I know some of them would refuse to, but because they're so excited to be a part of something where they get to express themselves and to be acknowledged and to be heard, they're willing to do it. They're, they're pulling on me. They're coming up to me, sharing with me how their days went, how they handled this with their friends group, um, some of the girls, not to disclose much, they're they're talking to me specifically about their mental health, how they're managing symptoms of depression, what's coming up for them when they have intrusive thoughts, or are they still 
engaging in some forms of self-harm like cutting. So this is real life stuff. And it's in these moments that I can see their brightness showing through their expressions when they're giving a chance to just be without performing, without having to set a certain expectation in order to be liked. If I could give my younger self something and offer her some words of advice, it'd be two things. One, forgive and move on sooner rather than allowing pent-up emotions to fester and grow inside of you. I was always told to let it go. (laughs) Get over it. You're being too sensitive. But I didn't know that that would later on force me to believe that my feelings were too much. The second thing that I would offer to my younger self would be, I would let her know that it was never her fault. I would give her a lot of reassurance because younger Tina was always trying to formulate and understand the truth behind everyone else's motives. Why did they act that way? Why did they say those things? What are they feeling today? As you can imagine, yes, maybe it's it's helped me to grow into the role as a therapist because I do a lot of behavior analysis, but it also left no space for me to identify and validate my own feelings. I was often unsure of myself. I was often unaware of my own needs. I was very insecure. And so over time, by studying other people, I learned how to be a good girl. If I behave this way, I will get this. If I don't do this, I won't receive this. Even if it meant saying yes to things that I really probably wanted to say no to, I would not allow myself to do that. It also meant dressing a certain way so that I can be approved, speaking in a softer tone because having an attitude was not acceptable. It wasn't tolerated. And it mean that I was a problem, that I was a bad girl. I hope that at this point, somebody is hearing themselves in in some of these interactions and that it's really resonating in you because I want you to know that it wasn't your fault. Of course, there might be some times where being nice or being the good girl has benefited me. And I can think of many stories where um, I noticed someone was being bullied. So I stuck up for them and I um, stood by their side rather than allowing them to feel shame in that way. Um, I've been the nice girl where I've opened up my home to friends. Specifically, I had a friend from back in the day. She got into a lot with her mom. And so at one point, I said, you could come live with me. (laughs) I I think about that now. And I was like middle school, 12, 13, thinking about like even offering for her to have my bed. You can sleep in my bed and I'll go sleep in the living room. At the time, I didn't have my own bedroom um, growing up. Me and my sister, Jojo, hey girl, hey queen. We always shared rooms together. And it's so funny, we had bunk beds, but they weren't like your traditional twin bunk beds that sat on top of each other. They were just two beds (laughs) that were next to each other. So as you can imagine, our room was already pretty cramped. Um, But yet I was that friend. I was so loyal and such a good person to other people that it became to the point that I was becoming disloyal to myself. 
And so when I, I read about, um, this book, the nice girl syndrome and how she talks about how a lot of these behaviors can somehow lead us to a life of being in abusive relationships. It all makes sense. Codependency and people pleasing are sisters. Being someone who's codependent or being someone who falls into the habit of pleasing others, it doesn't make you a bad person, but it is something that over time you're going to want to be able to work on in therapy. It's going to take a lot of identifying and validating your feelings. People who have good girl syndrome often appear happy all the time, when deep down they may feel anger, rage, resentment, and all these negative feelings that we're taught as women to suppress or not even to show because it's not tolerated. And um, it's interesting because I think at the same time, especially in this time, as much as us are still striving to be a good girl, we also know there's a societal culture that is making it even more acceptable to be a bad girl. And that might be part two to this episode um, because I think about shows like Baddies East. I have a client who asked me recently, do I watch Baddies? And I was like, no, I, I don't. And she told me that there's a there's a big division between women who watch it and women who don't. And the women who don't watch the show come off as if they're better than the girls that they do. And that still follows the script of being a good girl. Oh, good girls don't watch baddies. That's not true. Growing up, I used to watch Bad Girls Club and all them other <laughs> reality shows um, that were rooted in doing things that we couldn't do in our day to day. So we watched it on TV and we enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to write that down as a note because I think it's good for us to see the both sides of this and figure out where you can fall. Because again, good and bad is neither right or wrong. It's really a lot of societal um, expectations that have been put on to us that we just continue to loop out and play. You don't have to perform for anybody. Your feelings are your feelings. Your feelings are very real. Acknowledging them and knowing that they're okay to have is important. So one of... Um, the best ways to stop with the codependency and the people pleasing, I would first say would be identifying and validating your feelings. Then of course we can go into boundary setting, learning how to set proper boundaries. Um, you know, the saying no is a whole incomplete sentence and telling people how you feel without them thinking that they've done something wrong. All of those things are great to have, but how many of us are really setting those boundaries? Because I, I know that we're not. It shows up in therapy and that's okay. Um, one thing I, I do want you to remember is that boundaries are for you. They are not for people. When you are implementing a boundary, someone may try to push you back into that box and it may take some strength and courage to not step back into it. Having a, um, so here are just a few things that are what we think are being kind, but really it's people pleasing, um, in a bit of codependency. 
For example, repeatedly forgiving people who refuse to change. Not expressing your feelings when you are upset. Saying yes to others when you are already at your full capacity. Stop it. Stop it. They're going to be okay. (laughs) Not standing up for yourself when people are being disrespectful. If you feel like it's a violation, I need you to trust your intuition. Yes, sometimes we do overreact or respond in a way because it's a trigger, but there are many ways to say, hey, I'm not feeling this right now. Can we talk? Being passive with your concerns and your issues is not being kind. Being a crutch for others when you are burnt out is not being kind. Always apologizing first during conflicts because you cannot stand others to be upset with you is being codependent. Your feelings are your feelings to feel. No one else can feel them for you. Stop apologizing for simply just being. You do not have to be everyone's support system because what's going to end up happening is you have no room to be your own. Here's a big one that I used to do all the time. And now I I don't do it all. (laughs) Agreeing to plans when you know you need rest. I cannot count how many times I have taken on tasks. I'm going to sign up for this. I'm going to speak at this event. I'm going to help out here. I'm going to be at the boys game and, and, and also be able to go out with my girlfriends on a Friday night, knowing good and well that I am tired. It doesn't work. It's okay to say no. You're allowed to say no and still be a kind person. How someone reacts to your boundaries speaks loudly about them. Boundaries are essential for your mental health. You shouldn't be made to feel guilty for saying no. At the same time, having rigid boundaries are not good either. Your boundaries can be fluid. Sometimes they need regular editing, changing, allowing it to be a consistent match to your your current needs and where your life is. You are within your own rights to set a boundary. You do not need to over-explain that boundary. And uh, I like this one too. Those who react negatively are often the reason why you needed to put that boundary in the first place. Because me saying no for once, why does that bother you? You haven't heard from me a couple days. Why do you automatically assume that we have some kind of underlying beef? When it could just be, I needed a break. I was overworked. I don't feel well today. You know, when you're shifting and and transforming into a new person, Pay attention to how the environment around you reacts and responds. Is it rooted in love and understanding or is it rooted in jealousy, confusion, and and mixed feelings? Those are things that I do not want. I don't want to have those types of things in my life. I do believe that being good doesn't get not that it necessarily doesn't get you anywhere but being good can sometimes inhibit you hold you back keep you stuck 
I don't want to always be recognized as the good girl. I want to be recognized as a woman who knew what she wanted. She went out for that. She took risks. A woman who um, accepted and was able to take accountability when she made a mistake or recognized her flaws. I want to be a giving woman. I want to be a loving woman. I want to be a charitable woman. I want to be a woman who's bold. I want to be a woman who's courageous. And at times, yeah, I might be a nice girl and sometimes I might be a bad bitch. (laughs) I'm neither this or that. If anything, we're all things. We're multifaceted queen. If you are a caregiver, a parent, a leader, a mentor, an aunt, a big sister, a big cousin, you are someone who is set in place to lead or encourage the next person, I want you to pay attention to what gems and life skills you are instilling into them. Are you falling into that cycle of teaching them how to be a good girl or good boy? Why do you do that? And if you are someone who's kind of going completely against the grain and you're on the far opposite side of the spectrum where you're encouraging them to be so bold that it becomes a badass or someone who is a menace to society in some ways, (laughs) you also got to question yourself, where is that coming from? Am I satisfying my ego or am I truly trying to plant good seeds into people so that on a more larger scale, we're growing as a society. I don't know when I became such a humanitarian. Um, I do think there are some childhood beginnings that's rooted in that because of the things that I've seen and, and some of the trauma that I've experienced. But I'm realizing how much it matters to have a good, solid community. I used to be around a lot of girls where there was cattiness and there was lies and backstabbing and we were phony one week and we were the best of friends the next week. And I never felt seen. I felt like I had a group to call mine. So it was cool. And I'm not going to downplay it because I think we had some really great times. And a lot of those experiences helped me to grow and it helped me uh, into becoming a woman. But now that I'm in a different space in this journey, I want all of my interpersonal relationships to be rooted in light, in love and things that are going to bring light to my life. So if you find yourself in positions where um, you're being resentful towards others, you feel like you're not being appreciated or you're feeling like you're even being taken advantage of um, in more serious situations, you're, you're being abused, whether physically, emotionally, financially. Are you in some ways falling into the nice girl syndrome? If you need more support and assistance on what boundary setting looks like, how to stand up for yourself, how to be more in control of your life or to be more bold, 
I'm encouraging you to seek support from a therapist, from a spiritual leader, from a mentor, someone that you you trust and that you look up to. These are all healthy forms of coping. And I realize that therapy will look different for others. But I do think that it should start with sitting down with a licensed professional who can help you to process, explore, challenge, and and reshape your cognition. It's okay. Being the nice girl helped and saved you and kept you safe for a very long time. But we can give her a rest now. I think her job is done. What the nice girl needs is a strong woman, a loving woman, a bold woman, and a caring woman. So that's where I'm going to stop for today. Part two will be the bad girl syndrome. But shoot me a message. I want to hear your thoughts. Share some stories with me about what nice girl syndrome looks like for you in your life and what you're doing to take some some necessary steps in order to live a more bolder life um, because we're all about fixing each other's crowns here on Crown Thoughts, the podcast. And uh, it's a new year. So why not challenge yourself to come out of the box just a bit? Before I finish up, I just want to encourage you to connect with me on social media um, by visiting the website. It's www.crownthoughts.life. There you have full access to all of the recordings and previous episodes, guest appearances. Um, We're three seasons deep. This season is actually coming to a close soon. And um, I'm going to be doing a soft relaunch. And so it's it's good for you to kind of catch up and see how uh, this platform has evolved over um, time. On the website also, you have access to My Psychology Today. If you are in the Connecticut state and you are looking for a therapist, I am accepting new clients on a case-by-case situation. So again, message me. We may be a good fit for one another. Um, Also on that page, you get to stay in the know about all of the events and uh, community outreach programs that I'm a part of and how you can be of support for organizations like Wild Trapped, where we do serve young girls in our community and are helping them to fix their crowns and to just be amazing women. This is real life stuff. So please get in touch with me. Let's get in contact. Oh, and social media. Um, so if you're on Instagram, it's at Crown Thoughts Podcast. And if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, that is at Crown Thoughts with an underscore. I do not have a Facebook. Um, we're not on YouTube. And I would love to say I have more to share about that, but I'm really being intentional about just not giving too much too soon. So For right now, you've got a couple ways that you can plug in and stay connected. But the biggest thing out of all of that is I want to hear your thoughts. So if there is a topic or a question you'd like for me to ask, you want to share a story or have your story be read, or maybe you want to be a guest on the show, hit me up. I'd love to be able to get the word, get your words out because they matter. And we are a community and community 
needs each other. So um, with that being said, the queen in me recognizes the queen in you. And also the queen in me recognizes the kings in you. A big shout out to our men who are showing up and listening and, and just holding down this platform. I see you guys too. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, let's, let's get it y'all. It's a new year and I'm feeling, I'm feeling a shift. I'm feeling very enthusiastic and optimistic of the things that are coming. I'm so grateful for the messaging and the topics that are coming in. And I'm just able to share my knowledge and, and experience with you guys. And that's what it's all about. Okay. Like Ari Lennox said, we need people. <laughs> so my, my words are running short. Um, as always, Queens recognize Queens. I'm your hostess, Latina, and this is Crown Thoughts, the podcast.